Moms are great. Mother's Day is a nightmare. With the world beginning to reopen, this may be our busiest Mother's Day yet. Yelp for Restaurants is here to help you execute a flawless service. Contactless table management, reservation management, and digital waitlisting tools ensure your diners don't have to wait around in long lines in an era of social distancing. Empower your guests to add themselves to your digital waitlist before they even leave home. Provide accurate wait times and automatically notify them right before their table is ready. Let's get back to business better than ever. Listeners of this podcast get three months of free access to waitlist and $300 of free monthly advertising credits. Visit restaurants.yelp.com forward slash Mother's Day to learn more. Now here we go. Quite frankly, people didn't know that they could purchase Chato Teas online. So we really had to make that a part of our digital strategy. We have over 150 teas. I mean, why aren't we marketing that more? Why aren't we letting people know that if you want a tea, we've probably got one for you. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. That chai tea latte you ordered this morning at Starbucks was made possible in no small part to the Shaw family. Many believe that Devin Shaw, the prolific tea importer, is directly responsible for creating the American tea market as we know it today. In this episode, we chat with Devin's wife and daughter, Rena and Bianca. Together, they own and operate Chato Tea Room, a four-location tea salon based in Los Angeles. Together, we'll unpack what it took to grow this 30-year-old company and what it took to survive and thrive through a global pandemic. Well, I think they they chose a great industry to be in. Now, at the time, 30 years ago, that might have seemed crazy to open a tea room. 30 years ago, tea culture wasn't even really a thing other than a Lipton tea bag or Snapple. And I think they really chose the right time to bring tea to the U.S. and to use the tea room as kind of a niche to test out different teas and the lifestyle that it could turn into. So, yeah, I think that was most interesting. (laughs) Well, you also had the opportunity to see your parents scale from one location to four. And I'm curious, what troubles did you see them facing along the way? Well, Yeah. You can answer that question as well. Yeah, you want to answer that. (laughs) For sure. Employees. Yeah. Employees has always been probably the biggest challenge we've ever had because if there's only one of me, I can't run from store to store because somebody got sick at one location and just trying to jumble each employee from store to store. Okay, who's the manager? Who knows how to do this? And especially when you're a chef, your cook doesn't show up. (laughs) That's going to stop your whole business. Right. So when you open one restaurant, you have one job. And the joke is when you open two, you have two jobs. When you have three, you have three jobs. Oh, yeah. When you have a business, you need to multitask. And I would suggest having your own business that you have to have hands-on training on each and every department of your business. I was going to ask, and it deals directly kind of with the hands-on training and the ability to scale. In those early days, when you guys decided to scale from one location to two, let's start there, right? What were the metrics when you guys were like at home, laying in bed at night, debating on whether to open a second location? What were the metrics you looked at? You know, we're making this much money, we're doing this well. 
Well, yes, when we did open the first location, we actually bought an existing restaurant, which was not doing well. And they had employees that were very lazy and just did not come up to par. And the woman who owned it before us, she was really getting tired. She was a designer. So she decided to sell it. And I came in, my husband and I, we worked in the store for about two weeks. We had a few of the employees that stayed. But since they knew that it was a new ownership, they started leaving. And coming into the store, because the previous owner didn't have a lot of supplies of the 300 cheese that she had on the wall, it took time to build up that clientele. And what do you say to customers? I don't have this tea. You would see customers face to face. They would get so upset with you thinking, oh, wow, you're the owner. Okay, I need to talk to you. I came all the way from this place or that place just to get tea. And then I had to sit down and assure them that I am the new owner. And in about a month, we will get all the teas in. So my husband and I, we worked very hard. And in about three months, I was able to turn the sales around bring the business back up, get the restaurant busy again. And then after 10 years, we decided that we wanted to open another location with a business partner. And he was a young boy who worked with us and he saw how well we were doing. And we figured that we already had the reputation. Our Chato Tea Room on 3rd Street, it was busy all the time, many, a lot of celebrities coming in and it was a hot spot. So I said, okay, let's open another one in Pasadena. When we opened that, nobody knew who we were. And it took a year for us. We would hand out tea. We would hand out sandwiches. And people would just pass by and say, no, thank you. Nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Every month, you've got to pay that rent. You've got to pay the utility. We couldn't even find a busboy to work. So we had to do everything ourselves. But... Eventually, we gained the confidence of customers. And after a year, it started building up, building up. And then we said, okay, let's do another one. So again, with our business partner, Tequeste, he looked for another location and we opened our downtown store. And then from the downtown store, we opened the one in Hollywood and Highlands. And that one doesn't do that well, but it keeps busy because there's so many tourists. And we figured it was a great location because, you know, people love to come in and a lot of foreigners like to come in and sit down and have tea. And then from there, we have our Torrance location, and that's our 5,000 square foot store. Now, let me ask you, iteration to iteration, right? Location to location. You're learning how to scale. You're learning what mistakes not to make. What were the biggest aha moments as you went from one to two, two to three, three to four? If you were talking to someone that has a successful location, that's thinking about opening more, what's the best advice you would give them? I would give them, do not open anything without backing yourself up financially. Because until you start making money, the bills are going to come faster than anything else. And you have to prove to yourself that you have a good staff. And do not hire everybody brand new. Take some of your already trained employees to the new location. Have them stay there a while until you find good management and then train that management. Get it up and going and then decide to do another one. Because 
a lot of times what people do is they don't train their employees from the beginning and nobody knows what to do. And as an owner, you're confused because you've got to run here, you've got to run there, you've got to come up with everything. I have another question that I think you're uniquely qualified to answer. So to my knowledge, you've never closed a location. I only closed one location that was at the farmer's market on 3rd Street, Mm -hmm. 3rd and Fairfax, only because we had an older woman taking care of it. And (laughs) it was to our knowledge that she was just giving things away because she Mm -hmm. thought we weren't doing well. And Mm -hmm. the first location was doing well, but I don't know. It was our first location, very small. It wasn't a tea room. It was a Uh tea shop. The reason I ask is because from the tea room perspective, everything that you've opened has done, at the very least, well enough to survive. And so I guess my question is, in your opinion, based on your life experience, is there such a thing as a bad location or is it a bad strategy? At any point with any of the locations, have you thought to yourself, Well, I think if you get a charter location, because we are so different in what we offer with the 300 T's and we accommodate everybody, I think that if you're accommodating to the community, the community will accept you. And without the community, you're not going to have a successful business. I think tea is slowly but surely finding its moment in the spotlight, but tea is certainly not craft beer and tea is certainly not coffee. And so if we were to hearken back 30 years, what did your marketing strategy look like? We had no marketing strategy. It was all word of mouth. It was just talking to the customers. And then to bring Bianca into the conversation, I would assume that you wouldn't join the family business unless you feel like you can add value, right? So from a marketing perspective, what holes did you see in this business concept that you thought you could fill or add value with? Well, I think, honestly, I was very lucky to be able to be a part of the marketing strategy just because these guys really did, my mom, dad, and our partner tech, they really built this whole business through word of mouth, through any, you know, on the off chance that a PR company might come into Chato and they might want to run an article. So we had that 30 years of standing or of something to stand on. And so I think I was really lucky that I could take this and I could use our social media and we can use digital marketing for all kinds of things and start working with other PR companies or marketing companies and just turn it into something that can be even further sustainable, something that the original partners and founders don't have to worry about. And I thought, we're kind of young and hip. We've got a little team here that can do that. So let's unpack that a little bit because I'm curious about the strategy. When you looked at this, putting your marketing hat on. Was the concept, we're going to try and put tea on the map? Or was it we're going to try and put the tea room on the map? It was definitely both. So one thing that we had never really focused on, this is really where I saw I could add value, I think, was in our online store. We'd had an online store for several years, but there was no strategy in it. I mean, the tea rooms were doing great just because of how long they'd been around. But quite frankly, people didn't know that they could purchase Chato teas online. So we really had to make that a part of our digital strategy. We have over 150 teas. I mean, why aren't we marketing that more? Why aren't we letting people know that if you want a tea, we've probably got one for you. Working in the restaurant industry, there's always been plenty to worry about. 
And over the last year, cleanliness has been front and center in our minds and in the minds of our guests. Your world-class team and world-class patrons deserve world-class protection. Microband 24 Professional kills 99% of viruses and bacteria. It doesn't just sanitize and stop. It keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours, even when the surfaces in your restaurant are touched multiple times. And the EPA has approved Microband 24 Sanitizing Spray is effective at killing the virus that causes COVID-19. So you can achieve your most confident clean, touch after touch. I guess that that kind of bleeds into the pandemic conversation, right? So all of the tea rooms (laughs) shut down and now you exist digitally. And I'm wondering, how did you compete with the big guys? I mean, now you're selling tea to a global market facing global competitors. How did you differentiate and what were your goals and strategies going into it? So it's funny, actually, because I decided to take on marketing in probably January of last year. For Chata. So we had, yeah. (laughs) So we had all kinds of plans for the tea rooms and events planned and things like that. And then my original focus was actually going to be on helping the tea rooms, just doing more with them and trying to get marketing going for that before I did the online store. But I obviously had to pivot very quickly and put a huge focus on our online store. And it was tough and it still is tough to kind of make your mark in the industry. But It was almost like a blessing in disguise looking back that so many people were doing online shopping. They were just buying more, I think. And everybody was kind of stuck at home and drinking tea. It became very popular. So I think it was actually a good thing in a way for us to be able to launch our online store. And from a marketing perspective, how did you choose to position yourself? Was it as kind of a mom and pop family brand support small business? Or was it based on the quality of the tea? What did the imagery look like? What was the messaging in those early days? We are family-owned business, minority-owned small business. So we definitely wanted to let the community know. And and that was such a huge factor last year in supporting small businesses. We really felt the community rallying around all small businesses around everywhere. It was difficult to create a strategy that would compete with all these bigger people. But It ended up working out and we just used the fact that we're a small company, but we have a large scale of teas that we can offer. And I think that really set us aside from a lot of people. Were you panicked being at the helm of probably one of the most important facets of this business during such a critical time? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, the stores were, that was their biggest concern was, oh my God, like we have four tea rooms and we have plans to want to expand. Like, what is this going to do? And for takeout only, I mean... People don't just get afternoon tea to go, you know, like it's an experience. Our whole tea room is based on that. So that was definitely our panic moment. And then I have a question for your mom. (laughs) So the pandemic hits, and I mean, obviously it's this catastrophic event, but so is starting your own business, especially 30 years ago, especially cash strapped as immigrants. It's an incredibly difficult path. And I'm so curious to get your take on it and your perspective. Did you see this as this isn't an obstacle? This is the path. How much confidence and what kind of perspective did you take coming into this? Well, at that time, I had no experience running a business, let alone a tea room or a restaurant or even employees. But you just take charge. One day I just woke up and said, no, I am the boss. If I'm going to make it in life, 
this is where it's going to start. And I did. And then the pandemic hit 30 years later. And it was like taking us all back to the same step again, Mm -hmm. walking back and forth, waiting for a customer to come in. How much food should I get for the day? Should I go shopping? It's like keeping the, you have to have everything that's on the menu for your customers. And stores were closed. So it was a challenge. It really, really was a challenge. But the best thing of the whole challenge is when you run out of food at three o'clock, four o'clock, because then you know you had a really great day and a very successful business. From a leadership perspective, what was the messaging? I mean, I'm sure internally, like the rest of us, you were melting down. But like when you talk to your children, when you talk to your team, what was the perspective? What was the message that you gave them? I told them we're going to get through this as everything else in life. Either we're going to make it or we're not going to make it. But I think we're all here as a family and we're all in this together. And don't worry. We'll be here. We're helping you. We're supporting you. And we just ask that you work with us during this time. And I don't know. It just, what do you do? What do you say? You have to be like a parent. These tea rooms are like my own children. My employees are like my own children. And they look to you as a mother, as a father, as their caretaker, because we are paying their bills as well. I'm curious to know from both of your perspectives, I see tea as a greenfield opportunity. I see it as a totally untapped market in that there's an opportunity, especially with the availability of real estate in this market, to massively expand a tea room concept. Is that where your head is at when you look to the near future and long-term future? Do you guys see massive expansion for the business? I do. I mean, that's really all I think about is (laughs) how can we be the leading tea company in the U.S.? There's no one else out there like us. Like, how can we take advantage? Because I completely agree with you. It is an open field. It's an open industry. You don't have tea rooms that are open really the way that Chato is, like full-service tea rooms. Like, sure, you get bubble tea chains or things like that, but a full sit down restaurant that if we could have nationally or hell even globally, that's really what I would love to do. I think tea, especially in America, and this is something that we talk about all the time is that tea in America has so much growth to do. I mean, it's been drunk for thousands of years by other countries. And even to this day, there's really not any tea rooms out there that are like Chato. And Mm -hmm. I think that we're very unique. My mom and I, between the two of us, have been to hundreds of tea rooms, I think. And the founders have really set us up in a good position to grow and to be able to keep growing. So what does that path look like? I'm curious. Are you looking at more real estate, more locations in Los Angeles, more locations in Southern California? Are you looking at franchising? Is it more about beefing up sales at the current locations to a certain degree and then scaling out from there? What are you guys thinking? So honestly, last year, I think we had our mindset on franchising the business. We have lots of people who have come to us and have said, I'd love to have a tea room and I'd love to own a Chato. But I think that obviously with the pandemic, you never know what's going to happen. So (laughs) we decided that we do want to continue with getting as much real estate as we can, opening more brick and mortar stores. I still see a big opportunity, especially for restaurants. Now that the pandemic, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. Personally, I'm starting to go out more and trying to support as much as I can. 
And I think that's going to be the mentality for the next few years is one, like shopping small and supporting small businesses, which we are. And as far as where we would want to open locations, I know we've tossed around ideas of Orange County kind of being the next step for us. I mean, because all of our tea rooms right now are all in LA. So I think we would start there and then get back into that franchise mindset. You know, I think that we would probably think about getting back into that once everything settles down a little bit and we can find locations, maybe not as big as other tea rooms, but we would also, you know, a big interest in franchising, letting people go in and follow their steps because one person, two, three people, it's very hard to run from tea room to tea room, and especially being 50, 60 miles away from a store. Absolutely. To put business aside for a second, mom, when you look at this business and you think in terms of legacy, what was the goal of opening the business ultimately from like a ideological perspective? Do you think you've hit it? Oh, yes, definitely. I had no idea when we purchased this store 30 years ago, how far it was going to come and all the customers, customers They're not friends or customers. A lot of them have been our family. They've become family and they support us in so many ways. My business partner was telling me that during the pandemic, people were offering donations to keep the stores open. And if we needed any help, so that shows how much love we've put into our business, into our customers for them to want us to still be around. And then I was going to say, just based off this conversation, it would split 50-50. If my daughter wanted to get into the hospitality industry, I would probably put her in boarding school. I just <laughs> I just don't know if I could do it. Not that I've had a bad experience in it. I would say that I'm about as lucky as a guy could get in the right. industry. But it's hard. And it is. it's a grind. And on the best days, something horrific still happens. Yes, yes. Especially with multiple locations. And so as you sit here with your daughter, I'm wondering, obviously part of you is incredibly proud to have both of your children in the business, but also having seen the other side of it and how difficult it is and how demanding the job is. Was there any hesitation in allowing your children into the business? Absolutely not. We've been very hardworking. And my daughter is probably one of the best employees I've ever had in my whole life. She's worked with me since she was 11 years old. She had her little apron on and I said, go on, do what you want to do. She went, she took orders, she made the tea, she delivered the food. Even though her hands were burning from the teapot, she was so strong and poured the tea with the customer with a smile (laughs) and never complained. And then I knew that she's got a lot of potential and she's very strong very level-headed, and she's a go-getter. And today, because of her, my business partner, and my son, Chato is getting the recognition and all the advertising that it needs. And it should have had a long time ago, which we could have probably been a few steps further. But we didn't know. We were scared. We were young. And like I said, financially, you couldn't set yourself into too many locations without having that finance behind you. Absolutely. Yeah, but these kids are amazing. And this young generation, they believe in being successful. They're an amazing generation. 
So with 30 years under your belt, I have a question for you. At the end of every episode, I give the guest an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. This is an industry podcast. So the folks listening are restaurant owners and operators as well. I'm wondering, do you have any advice or words of encouragement for them? I would just say, if this is your passion, this is your dream, then you should continue on and never give up. Because if you give up, it'll just make it harder for yourself. That's Rena and Bianca Shaw. For more on Chat OT Room, visit chatot.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.